You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Nelson Ihiagwa. Be stirred as you listen. And they were hearing. They were not seeing the Holy Ghost inside them. Are you with me? They were not seeing the... Hey, Satan is a liar. Okay. They were not seeing the Holy Ghost inside them. What they were seeing was the tongues that they were speaking. So they were marveled as to how these people were speaking in tongues and they called them drunk. And in all those things, they marveled at those things. But what did Peter say? Peter said, that which you now see and hear is testament to the fact that Jesus is resurrected and Jesus is glorified. If you read Acts chapter 10 or Acts chapter 11, when they came Peter and they were saying that he went to dine with the Gentiles, what did Peter say? Peter said the Holy Ghost came on them even as he came on us. Okay? So, and basically what Peter was saying is these guys also spoke in tongues. So the fact that they spoke, and that was enough argument for the early church. What that should teach us is the fact that these guys, that the Gentiles spoke in tongues was a proof that they were saved. Are you with me? The fact that they spoke in tongues was a proof that the Holy Ghost had been shed forth on them, even as it was, as it was on us. Remember, the Holy Ghost is the seal of salvation. The Holy Ghost in the heart of a man is the proof that a man is saved. So if the Holy Ghost had been given to the Gentiles, then it was proof that they were saved, just like the apostles and the early church were, were what? Saved. And that was argument enough for the early church. So, tongues. Why tongues? It is a proof that Jesus is glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tongues is proof that Jesus is glorified. Because when we speak in tongues, we confirm that testimony of Christ that we have received. When we speak in tongues, that is what Peter was saying. That the fact that Jesus is at the right hand, having shed of the Holy Ghost of promise, it is a fact that he is ascended and he is seated. Praise God. Okay. Then we see Jesus speaking in Mark, Mark 16, 17, 18. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will what? Cast out devils and they will speak with new tongues. Jesus himself attested to the fact that tongues was proof enough that a man was saved. Are you with me? Tongues was proof enough that a man was saved. If a man can speak in tongues by the spirit, then there is, you know, I've seen a lot of people be afraid and they say, hmm, satanic tongues, demonic tongues. We don't see that in the Bible. We don't. If it is tongues by the Spirit, it is by the Holy Ghost. And now, can people fake tongues? Yeah. But what the Bible teaches us is that if a man speaks in tongues, that man is saved. So when you see a brother speaking in tongues, you're like, ah, you are my guy. We belong to the same family. We both attest to the fact that Jesus is glorified. Praise God. Are you being blessed? You have to be. I'm teaching good. So, let's look at a few things now. Acts. Acts chapter 2. You know, you read Acts chapter 2 and you see that they said as they spoke in tongues, they heard them 
in their diverse languages. So you hear a lot of people say, when you are speaking in tongues, it must be a language that other people, um, other people understand. So I mean, if I go to Korea now, I must be doing K-drama. I must be, I must be speaking Korean. You see, tongues is for evangelism. What that means is when I go to Korea, I must be speaking Korean and they must understand what I'm saying, but I never learned it and that's tongues. Calm down. Before you make that argument, don't be quick. But let's set down some ground theological rules before we proceed in this apology. Praise God. We're going to set down a few rules. Three, actually. Number one, you must agree that Acts is not a doctrinal book. Acts is a journalistic account. That is the first thing. You must agree that Acts is not a doctrinal book. Acts is a journalistic account. Number two, you must agree that the epistles are the primary place by which we derive doctrine from. And let me defend point number one. When I said Acts is not a doctrinal book. I mean, these are the same people who, as they were growing in truth, they said you must not eat anything that is strangled. You must not eat blood. You must not do this. You must not do that. But as they grew, as they grew in revelation, they began to understand that salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ, alone, not of works, lest any man should what? You've not read that part of the Bible. Not of works, lest any man should what? Thank you. I mean, these are people that practiced all those things in Acts. Yet, even as they continued in Acts, you get to find out that there were particular things that they changed. So Acts, at best, is a journalistic account. If we are going to use Acts for anything in doctrine, we are going to use Acts to corroborate what the epistles say. Is that clear? Do you agree with my point? Wave if you agree from side to side. The epistles are primarily where we get doctrine from. I've established that. That one is self-explanatory. And number three, the Bible does not contradict itself. I mean, every believer at least agrees with this point number three. That the Bible does not contradict itself, right? If one part of the Bible contradicts another part of the Bible, it means that there's an explanation somewhere that we are missing. There needs to be something that needs to be rightly divided. Praise God. Okay. So, Acts chapter 2. You see Peter saying, um, and he says, they heard, they heard them in languages. They heard them in their own tongue. So whenever you are speaking in tongues, that must be it. Not so fast. Let's look at what Paul said in an epistle. Now, while you are making this argument, remember our point number 2. The epistles are what? They are the primary places where we get doctrine from. Look at what Peter, um, Paul said. Acts chapter, um, 1 Corinthians 14. From verse 2. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto who? Guys, talk to me. Speaketh not unto who? But unto God. For no man does what? Understandeth him. How be it? In the spirit, he does what? He speaketh mysteries. 
The word mysteries is musterion. It means that he's speaking hidden things. So, if I, am, if I go to Korea, I mean from this point, if you agree that the Bible does not contradict itself. Now, first of all, before I even continue this argument, I am not saying that it is impossible for you to go somewhere and a miracle occurs and, you know, people begin to hear you in their own language. Historical accounts have that. And I mean, we believe in God's, God's power for endless possibilities, right? All right. So let me just establish that. But let's go on. It says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. How be it? In the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. What that means is this. If I go to Korea and I'm speaking K-drama with them and they are hearing me in their tongue, I'm not speaking mysteries. And I'm not speaking unto God. I'm speaking to them. Are you with me? So this verse contradicts that logic in Acts chapter 2. It contradicts that logic in Acts chapter 2. Because if you are speaking mysteries, you are not, you are, it says you are not speaking unto men. So this verse also contradicts what people say when they say, you know, eh, if you are speaking in tongues, it must be, it must be, it, people must understand it. Am I talking to you? Mind you. <laughs> Am I talking to you, don't answer. Mind your business. I'm speaking mysteries unto God, not you. But let's go on. Let's, read, let's go to um, verse 6. Look at what Paul says now. He says, Now, brethren, now, brethren, I come unto you speaking with tongues. What shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by what? Revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. So this is Paul saying, if I just come to you, and a lot of people misunderstand this verse. So they now say you must not, you know, beat misconception down. They now say you must not speak in tongues in public. No. Paul says, if I come to you and I speak in tongues just like that, will you be blessed except it is a doctrine which you understand? See that? It says, except, where am I reading now? Except I speak to you by revelation in the language you will understand. Um, knowledge in a language you will understand. Prophesying in a language you will understand. Of course, tongues is utterance in an unknown language, while prophecy is utterance in a what? Known language. Then he now says, or by doctrine, which you also will understand. Then he now goes down to verse 7. Verse 7 gives context to verse 6, which says, and things without life giving sound, whether pipe or a harp, except they give a distinction in sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harp? So he's saying, even particular instruments, there's a way you will blow it that people will not know what you are talking about. But if you blow them in a particular way, people understand what is being spoken about. Are you guys with me? So he says, if you blow, if you blow it in a particular, I mean, um, what is that, this thing they used to wake us up that time? I can't remember the way it goes. But where I did my camp in Benue, Wanune, Taka, local government area. They made me hate anything that sounds like that song. They will play it by 4.30. Good morning, beautiful. How was your night? The night has not finished. Allow us sleep. So they not, once they just play it, just know that if you don't have your bath in five minutes, it's still later. <laughs> so when they play that, basically, what they are telling you is, G-Masu, 
They're telling you, wake up. So, because they are saying that in a, what's the word I'm looking for now? They are saying that with distinction in a way that should be understood. You get what they are saying. But if they say it in a way that cannot be understood, how will you be edified? So that is the context in which Paul is speaking. If I come to you and I just start speaking in tongues, you will not understand what I'm saying. So you will not be what? Edified. So far, he has not said don't speak in tongues in public. Praise God, though. Am I talking too fast? Great. Look at verse 8. He said, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the what? But if you know, you know that joke, that joke in the middle. Please let me touch him for man of God. Machine. <laughs> he says, for if the trumpet shall give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? Now look at verse 9. He now says, so likewise, except you utter by tongue, words easy to be understood. This verse further proves that tongues is not to be understood. Amen. He said, except you utter by tongue, words that are easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. He says, there are many voices, so many kinds, not, not any without um, signification. Then look at verse 11. He says, therefore, I know not the meaning of the voice. Shall I be? Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. He goes on. Um, then look at verse 13. He says, wherefore, let him that speak in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Let him pray that. Meaning, let that guy wish to interpret what he is saying. Why should he wish to interpret? So that he can edify that other person. Now, remember that the context in which Paul is saying this thing is in a click what? Gathering. Are you guys with me? Then you go on to verse 14. He says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is what? Talk to me is what? Then verse 15. He says, what is it then? I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my understanding. The contrast between spirit and understanding makes you know that when you are praying in the spirit, it is not for, it is not for an understanding of another person. So this verse, this chapter, is debunking many, many explanations that people say that when you speak in tongues, you, it must be a language another person understands. That's not true. Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. Elohim Adonai Praise God. So, so, this verse, we see what Paul has said so far. Let's go to verse 19. So, this is where a lot of people now miss it. But they don't understand what Paul is saying. Paul said, yet in church, I had rather speak what? Five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also, 
than 10,000 words in an what? Unknown tongue. So a lot of people say when you are in church, don't speak in tongues. But the truth is, everywhere tongues was mentioned in the Bible, all of them spoke in tongues together. In Acts chapter 2, everybody, the whole 120 spoke in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, um, everybody in Cornelius' house, Cornelius and the people he invited spoke in tongues. Hey, I like that verse. It says, while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell. He fell. So that verse makes it look like the Holy Ghost was walking and he just tripped and fell on them. He said he fell on them. In Acts chapter 19, when Paul, Paul asked them, he said, have you been baptized? He said, we know not much baptism except the baptism of John. And he taught them and he touched them. And they caught it. Somebody said they caught it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having fun. I've not preached to people like number of people. I've done one-on-one evangelism. But I've not preached to people. I'm happy to see your faces. Wow. We, we, wow. Okay. Um, yes, 19. So, he says, with my voice, and my teacher, okay, I've read that verse. So, a lot of people speak with this verse and say, you see, Paul said in church, he would rather speak five words in understanding than 10,000 words in tongues. But everywhere, tongues was used collectively. And now, this, let me even correct another misunderstanding where people say, the Spirit of God has to fall upon you. You will feel cold water before you start speaking in tongues. So, you know, I, in this, God has different kind of children. Different. I met somebody. Give it, put it up. I met somebody. You know what the young man told me? He said, no. Sometimes when I'm in prayer, I don't speak. If the Holy Ghost is not leading me to speak in tongues, I will not speak in tongues. Hey. But you see, Paul, and he said, you must feel it before you speak it. You feel it, then you speak it. Is see, you know, one thing that annoys me is people that don't read their Bible. Yes, they argue vehemently. It annoys me to my soul. I'm, I'm, very, I'm a preacher of love. I'm very nice. But when you are arrogant, it used to piss me off. Like, you are ignorant and you are arrogant. The fact that they rhyme does not mean you must match them together. So, the person now does that, I now say, no, no. I'm saying, okay, have you read this verse, this verse? He said, I've not read them, but let's, let's, let's leave Bible first. What do you mean? So you see people say all those, and they are saying it with such authority. But you see Paul say, I will pray with my spirit, and I what? Will pray with my understanding. So Paul is saying that it is a function of your ability. You can pray in tongues when you want. And you can stop. And then you see Paul say also um, that the spirit of the prophet is what? Subject to the prophet. You see him say if one is prophesying and one is, and another one has a word, let that first one be quiet. So all those ones where you say the prophecy is doing me. If I don't give it now, we die. <laughs> he said if that one is prophesying, let him keep quiet. So, the thing of the Holy Ghost is not a demon spirit. It will not just take over. When you say, the Holy Ghost just will take over me, and I'll just be shababa, call for deliverance. You need it. It doesn't work that way. The Holy Ghost works. The, you, that's, that's why Paul also said, he said in 1 Thessalonians 5, I believe 19 or so, he said, quench not the spirit. The reason he said that is because you can't. 
You can feel God strong and decide not to give expression to him. So also, you can speak in tongues. You know, one thing that really helped my charismatic ministry was when I realized that I could, this will help someone too. When I realized I could speak in tongues at will, I just, able to remember this, we used to have these discussions. When I realized I could, that is not gifts. You know, Evangelist Reinhard Bonke, amazing man of God. He said, I was reading his book, um, Taking Action. He said, the gifts of the Spirit are not, they are not badges of honor. They are tools for the job. So, when there is a healing needed and I come in, you know, you know how you open a book, you flip it and you bring out the page that is necessary. I will just flip my spirit and bring out healing and give you that gift. When I realized that I could speak in tongues, it, now listen, everybody speak in tongues. Stop. Speak in tongues. Stop. Sing in tongues. Stop. In fact, some people were doing their tongues like this. It's the same way you can decide that I can walk in word of knowledge just like that. Because tongues is as much a manifestation as healing, as word of knowledge, as the gift of faith. I can flip it. Are you guys with me? That really helped my charismatic ministry. Really helped. Tete, what's your name? Kemi. I like your name. The Lord says, Things that have, that have afforded stood as pillars, things that have afforded stood as barriers, as barriers, they are going down now. The Lord says, Go back and try again. That as you go back and try again, you will find that there is much more ease. And it's not just ease. There is wisdom to do the things that you have tried before. And it did not work. You will go back. You will do them. I see you asking God for specifically what I'm about to say now. And what you were asking the Lord was, Lord, I don't just want to do this. I need people to help. The Lord said, people will come. People will help. There will be wisdom to do. And it will be with so much ease. Did I make sense? Did I make sense? Of course I did. I spoke by God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can own it. You can off it. It's like that. Praise God. Praise God. Even though now I like to bring a balance to a lot of things. Even though there are times when the Holy Ghost can nudge you sharp and you need to take advantages of those times. There are other times you will not nudge you and you, you need to move out in faith. Are you guys with me? Your goodness is real. I testify. Your goodness is real. Your goodness is real. I testify. Your goodness is real. Your goodness is real. I testify. Your goodness is real. Your favor is real. I testify. Your favor is real. Your power is real. I testify. Your power is real. Adima Your favor is real. 
I testify, your favor is real. Your power is real. I testify, your power is real. Yeah. Your power is real. I testify, your power is real. Just stay with her. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It swells and exp- it increases. Now. It swells and exp- 
it increases now swells and expands it increases now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus help her please thank you help her holy sir holy sir thank you Jesus just cross your leg over her she'll be fine just cross your where were we? Acts. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Younger stand. You are beautiful. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, let the power of God come upon you now. Touch! Jesus. We'll finish this teaching. We'll finish it. In Jesus' name. Beautiful. Heaven and heaven. Just let me have this. I've explained that. So, okay, 19. Mm. Be touching it for me. Oh, Tony, Tony can pray. Tony pray. Okay. He says, um, let me read 23 now. He says, if therefore the whole church come together onto, into one place. Are you, I'm excited about stay Abuja. Praise God. I'm excited about it. You guys will be the one streaming that time. It's on the 12th of September. If you not be lit. Okay. Um, he says, if therefore the whole church become together unto one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, Will they not say that you are what? That you are what? Come on, look into your Bible. Will they not say that you are what? He says, but if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, and one unlearned. Okay, so Paul now speaks down. When you go to verse 26, you now see Paul say, how is it then, brethren, when you come together? Everyone hath a psalm, a tongue, a doctrine. Let everything be done unto a defined. Verse 27 now says, if any man speaketh in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three. So a lot of people say if you must speak in tongues, it must be two or be three, then one interprets. Now let me explain this. If Now, do you realize that the gift of tongues, the manifestation of tongues, tongues does not require interpret. It, tongues does not require translation. It requires interpretation. 
The reason is because tongues is mystery. Are you with me? And that is why everywhere that tongues was used in Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, he says, and they were speaking in tongues and they did what? Glorified God. Why did he say that they glorified God? It's simple. It's because tongues always worked paripasu interpretation. Are you with me? What happened in Acts chapter 2? If it was not, um, in Acts chapter 2, if it was not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I do this a lot when I'm teaching. I just realized it. If Acts chapter 2 is not um, the interpretation, they heard them in their languages, what could they have been? At best, what it would have been is a miracle. Because we understood that interpretation of tongues can only be done by those who had the same spirit by which tongues is spoken of. Are you with me? Because interpretation of tongues is also a manifestation of the spirit. So these guys who were there, they were not believers. So if anything could have happened then, it would have been an interpretation. It would have been an interpretation that worked with the manifestation of tongues. So in Acts chapter 2, the best it could have been is what? A miracle. If I'm speaking in tongues and you're hearing me in your language, I am speaking in tongues, but you are hearing in your language. It's not that that's how tongues works. It is a miracle for you. Praise Jesus Christ. Then people now say this when he say, um, he says, let them speak by two or by three. Let one interpret. That is not true. But you see Paul saying that um, he speaketh mysteries unto God. It means that there is a part in the manifestation of tongues that has to do with me speaking to God privately. Are you with me? So you see him saying in verse 23, before 26, he says, how is it that when you come together, one at a time, a tongue, a doctrine, a revelation, yadi yadi. So he's saying, all of you have something. All of you want to give it at the same time. No, let it be by what? Order. Do it orderly. That's what Paul is saying. So what we can imply from the context is when Paul said that, he says, if anybody is going to give a message in tongues, because if that was the character in tongues, in Acts chapter 19, when all of them spoke in tongues, glorifying God, Paul would have said, no, all of you, as I lay hands on you, you do your own, you do your own, you will interpret. Are you with me? So let's read on. But is that clear? Is that clear? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, um, so when you now in Acts chapter two, anyways, I've explained that. But you understand when you even go back to Acts chapter two, what Peter explained was not the languages they were hearing. What Peter explained was this: you now see and hear. Meaning, the drunkenness that they were exhibiting, the behavior of drunkenness, the fervor by which they were speaking in tongues, which you what? See and you hear is, it is the promise of what Jesus gave. Peter did not address the languages they were hearing. He was addressing what they were seeing as a manifestation of what was going on. Are you with me? So you have to understand the priority of what Peter was addressing was not the miracle in quotes, if that, was, if that is what it was. That's not what Peter was addressing. What Peter was basically speaking for was, um, was the tongues. And then he used it as a sign that Jesus is glorified. Praise God. Praise God. Even though, anyway, like I said, the best it could have been is a miracle. 
Because of the Lord. Because for you to say Acts chapter 2 is um, Acts chapter 2 is that's how tongues works. And Paul now says that let one interpret. He speaketh mysteries unto God and all those things. You must, be, you must break number 3 which says that the Bible does not contradict. Because if tongues operated like that sometimes and some other times, Paul would have told us that tongues is sometimes mystery and some other times it is another language. And then he says sometimes interpret, then some other times translate. Praise God. Your goodness is real. I testify. Your goodness is real. Your favor is real. I testify. Your favor is real. Your power is real. When I reach that part, I still feel it. Your power is real. Your power is real. I testify. Your power is real. Let me just take two more verses. We are done. I'm trying to see. Okay, so for people, let me just drop this. It's not be part of the teaching, but let me just address it. A lot of people say tongues will cease or tongues cease. And they use Ephesians 38. He says, whether it be tongues, whether it be prophecy, it shall cease. And they use that to attest the fact that it has ceased. But the question is, the apostles did not give us that definitive speech that it ceased. In fact, there are other verses that tell us to desire this thing. What would they tell you to desire what has ceased? Praise Jesus. Why would they tell you to desire what has ceased? So there is no actually definitive verse that says tongues are ceased. The things of the spirit are ceased. There is no definitive verse. In fact, Paul now says manifesting till the coming of Christ. So except Jesus has come, this thing will not end. That's why Paul said, we know it but when that which is perfect is come. It is perfect when Jesus Let me just do one more verse. Um, friend, I'll not put it in my notes. Just give me a little bit. Acts chapter 12, verse 30. Let's read from verse 20. Let's read from verse 27. Acts chapter 12. He says, Je qui ando cru de velite sire. Look at verse 27. He says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in what? Guys, are you reading your Bible? He says, ye, Acts chapter 12, verse 27. We're reading from 27. He says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in what? Talk to me now. Members in what? Are you reading the Bible? Are you reading the Quran? Eh? First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12. 
verse 27. He said, now ye are the members of the body of Christ. Ye are the body of Christ. Are members in what? 28. He says, and God had set forth in the church. Now, you must understand that from the context, what Paul was talking about was the order of the body of Christ, right? So, what he was talking about here was not actually ministry gifts. What he was talking about here was actually um, operations, roles in the body. Activities you do part-time in the body. Are you with me? So he said, and God had set some in the church, first apostles, second really prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, government, diversities of tongues. Now, let me just clarify this. A ministry gift, a ministry gift is not an office you sit in. It's a job you do. Are you with me? Ministry gift is a, is a verb. Is a doing term. Is a doing term. It's not a noun. It's not a state of being. It's a verb. It's active. If you are apostolos, we will know. He says, are all apostles? And no, no. He says, then he said, prophets, thirdly, helps, government, teachers. So here he's talking of structures in the body of Christ. Operations part time. How people work and all those things. So he's not saying that people have special diversities of tongues. Hey, relax. He's not saying that um, some have special gifts. He's just talking manifestations of the spirit, operations in the body part time. You now go to 29. He now says, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Now, before you understand this, you must understand something. Acts chapter 12, there is something in particular Acts chapter 12 is trying to address. And what is that? Order. Say order. Say order. Acts chapter 12 is trying to address and institute order. So, Paul going down, he's not now going to define... Um, operations in the body. He speaks specifically about something called what? Order in the body of Christ. That's why he starts like, we are members, we are the body of Christ, but we are members in particular. Why did he say that? We all have parts to play in the body. Say amen. Hallelujah. So, um, yeah, okay. So then he now went on to say, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, workers of miracles? The context is still order. So you need to understand that even as Paul was speaking as he went down, he said one thing particularly. And what was that one thing he said? He's, even as you read down, he said, But covetousness be the best gift, but I show you a more excellent way. He now goes to love. So the context is still within order. Are you with me? I don't want you to get lost about this. The context is still within order. Then you now read verse um, 30. He says, have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues. Do all interpret. A lot of people use this to say that tongues have ended. It does not mean now. If that was it, Paul, Paul did not say can all. He said do all. Are you with me? It means every, if we are going to interpret it literally, we are going to now say everybody 
can, but not everybody does. Are you with me? If we're going to interpret it like that, everybody can, not everybody does. So you see a lot of people start saying things like, it's not by tongues, it's not by jadada, it's not by that. There are people who did so much in the body of Christ, but they never spoke in tongues. Imagine if they spoke. Imagine if they spoke. So you see a lot of people use that argument. And that argument is rubbish. Because the truth of the matter is, if God counted tongues worthy of the body, then you should count it worthy of being used. It's not your gift now. I, I mean, it's not you that gave it. And every, we better believe, if we believe God is good, and everything he gave was good and needful, then we must use everything that he gave, including tongues. You see some people say, these tongues, I don't just like it. Shut up. Shut up. You don't speak. That's, don't say you don't like it. <laughs> if we give you, you will not collect. Will you not collect? So, that is, that is the, the thing. Um, so yeah, basically that. I'm just, I'm just picking all these verses. We don't really have time. We can do this teaching on tongues and prophecy. In fact, this teaching is just a snippet of an entire series that can run on spiritual gifts. You know, you start from defining them, you start from desiring spiritual gifts, then you now break them down and all those things. But, have I given you a defense for tongues? I mean, can you theologically defend what you believe about tongues now? Can you? I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more ministry content, visit niministries.org. God bless you.